Okay. Take it away, boo. Hi, welcome back to the Jeepers Creepers podcast. It has been well over a month. Yeah, way too long. Yeah, since we last uh, posted an episode. We went on a little holiday hiatus, as one should as a podcaster if you're not getting paid to do uh, yep. your podcast. And then it just it just kind of continued a little way past the holidays. <laughs> yeah, so we had planned to get an episode out. I think it was like the first week of yeah, the new year. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And then I got a concussion. That was a rough week. We had yeah. a lot going on. Our dog got pancreatitis, was pooping everywhere. Uh, uh, Kylie had cut her nail too short, so Banshee was like... Bleeding. Our dog was also bleeding everywhere. And I took her to pick up Kenzie because she had a concussion. And there's blood all over my cloth seats in my car. So I left my car there. It looked like I murdered someone and just left the car. It actually does look like yep, she murdered it's bad. somebody. It won't come out. Um, yeah, so it was that was a rough week. Um, the pancreatitis is because I gave her too many treats because I thought she hated me when I cut her nail too short. Yeah. And then I gave her pancreatitis, so she hated me even more. And then our cat was sick, too. It was just, like, it was awful. Yeah, so we were not doing anything besides trying to stay alive during that week. Yeah, and then I haven't been necessarily allowed to look at screens or anything, so podcast research was kind of a Mm -hmm. no-go. And then I started nursing school. I went back, got my bachelor's, and I'm doing an accelerated nursing program, so... Yeah, so things have have been really busy, so yeah, we're here now, and we're we're ready to party. We're back on track. So, um, who are we? I'm Kylie. And I'm Kenzie. (laughs) So this week... As it just snowed here in New England, we chose a wintry tale. A wintry uh, tale. A wintry tale. Uh, the Shining. We're going to go into The Shining this week. So I'll talk a little bit about the movie before we go into some... We don't really have inspiration too hard for this, but um, we're definitely going to go into The Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. which is dope. Okay, so The Shining is a 1980 psychological horror film produced and directed by Stanley Kubrick, and it was co-written with novelist Diane Johnson. The film is based on Stephen King's 1977 novel of the same name, and it stars Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers, and Danny Lloyd. So the movie follows a man named Jack Torrance, played by Jack Nicholson, wife Shelley Duvall, and son, who is Danny Lloyd, as they move into the Overlook Hotel during the off-season. So Jack is meant to be the caretaker of the large resort during this time while there's no guests. So it's just the family there. Danny Torrance, Jack's son, possesses something that we will later come to know as The Shining, uh, he's got kind of like an ESP ability. He can kind of read the future, like sense the presence of like spirits and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so he's all around like really talented. He's a cool kid. Yeah, he's a cool kid. <laughs> and then the sequel, Dr. Sleep, which is also a Stephen King novel, kind of focuses on Danny Moore, which is a really dope movie. And we're not going to go into that because I think that would be, it'd be a good episode to talk about ESP and stuff like that. Yeah, it'd be a separate episode. Yeah, that'd have to be a separate episode. It was so good, though. Definitely watch it if you haven't Yeah, Doctor Sleep was amazing. Yeah, Yeah, so The Shining has an 85% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes uh, and will definitely make you terrified of your own family in a cabin fever setting. Uh, So what happens is Jack Torrance goes crazy somewhere between the ambiguity of cabin fever and spirit interference. So there's a lot of, like, question in the movie is, like, is this actually happening? Like, are there actual spirits? Or is it just him going Or is crazy? he going nuts? And like, with the connection that Danny has with the spirits there, you start to realize that the spirits are kind of real, but he's also going nuts. And he's getting possessed by like, the spirits. Mm. I definitely think he was going nuts because of the spirits. Oh, yeah. yeah Cabin yeah. fever definitely didn't help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he slowly goes mad and decides that he needs to chop his family into little pieces. As one does. Uh, 
following the path of Mr. Grady, who had um, been a caretaker before and murdered his family the same way. So the movie has a huge sense of claustrophobia to it. It would definitely give you cabin fever. You could just imagine being trapped via snowstorm in Colorado in a giant haunted hotel that has a ton of spirits in it, not just one ghost, with your own family member who is chasing you down, trying uh-huh. to chop you with an axe. Nope. Uh, so nope. it's this pretty terrifying. I thought it was a great movie, although Stephen King himself was very unimpressed with Kubrick's uh, interpretation of the book. Hmm. Yeah, he was not happy. Really? Yeah, he, he hated it. Um, that would be tough to be an author and just have other people interpret your book and yeah. make a movie. And you're yeah. like, no, 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 that's not what I wanted. <laughs> Typically, Stephen King, too, doesn't have a lot of say when he sells the rights to his Yeah, movies. you don't. He usually doesn't get involved that much. Yeah, um, that's pretty I'm common. sure he could if he wanted, but he actually, like, I think he chooses to step back. Mm. So anyway, let's get into some fun trivia behind this film. All right, so Danny Lloyd was playing Danny Torrance in the film. Uh, he was told that the movie was a drama, and he was unaware of the truth until seven, several years later when he saw the uncut version of the film. Yeah, so they told him it was a drama so he wouldn't be spooked. Yeah, yeah. And then he didn't realize till he was like a teenager that he was in one of the most iconic horror films of all time. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, wow. And he actually came up with the moving finger named Tony on his own. So if you've... Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've seen the movie. If you've ever seen the movie, he takes that little ESP ability of his and he gives it a name. He names it Tony and he says it's the little man that lives inside his mouth. So when Tony speaks, uh, he speaks in this creepy little voice and he like moves his finger as if his finger's talking. Yeah, he puts it up near his head. He yeah. He just moves one yeah. finger. <laughs> and he calls it Tony. So he came up with that himself. That's so um, cute. Yeah, when doing the film. In the infamous Here's Johnny scene, uh, the door was built to be somewhat soft so that Nicholson could tear it easily with an axe. Uh, But Nicholson was actually a volunteer firefighter at the time and found it way too easy. So they had to keep recreating the doors to reshoot the scene. He couldn't just act like it wasn't easy? Oh, okay. So (laughs) it's not a Nicholson thing. So Stanley Kubrick is like super well known for being like the taking like the most takes of scenes ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Perfectionist. So yeah, he's just a perfectionist. Yeah. I don't think it was a Nicholson thing. Okay. Um, but acor- according to Shelley Duvall, the scene took three days and 60 doors to complete. Holy shit. Yeah. That is a waste of doors. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, he's so famous for his retakes and compulsivity that Scatman Crothers, who plays Halloran, um, had t- cried tears of gratitude to Clint Eastwood, who directed the next film he was in. Uh, for not putting him through so many takes. Yeah. He was like, thank you so much. I appreciate this. (laughs) Despite this reputation, people do claim that Kubrick was able to film the famous elevator blood scene where, like, all the blood washes on the elevator in three takes. Um, What? Well, I mean, that would be hard to repeat Okay, yes, exactly. So... So it only took three takes, but it took about a year to perfect. Yeah. Because it took so long to reset up and clean up the. the oh yeah. Yeah, the whole setup. That was an insane amount of. So, blood. that's a dumb thing that people say that Kubrick's like, oh, he was able to do this in three takes. No, it like, took him a year. Yeah. He probably would have done it more if he could have. Yeah, and then Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall actually expressed a lot of resentment for most credit of this film going to Kubrick, as they both said it was the most demanding roles of their careers. Wow. Uh, Nicholson also wanted Jessica Lange to play Wendy, but later described Duvall's performance as fantastic, stating it was the toughest job that any actor that I've seen had. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean... That's a high praise. If you... Yeah, but if you see the movie, it's like, this poor woman, it's... She's in, like, emotional and psychological, like, confusion and terror the entire time. So, like, I get it. 
pretty easy to act in a way. I mean, I'm not an actor, so I can't say that. But like, you can really, even if you've never been in that specific situation, you can tap into events where you've been emotionally distressed. Or yeah, something like that, but know? imagine doing that day in and day out, yeah, like putting oh yourself into that place day in day out. Yeah, that would. And mess the same with, with Jack Nicholson was being like this terrifying, crazy man. Yeah, how do you get out of that all the time? And he even played the Joker mm-hmm. too. Um, the cursed role, and that's the cursed role that it puts people through so much. But I, I honestly think his Joker role was nothing compared to his role in this movie. Oh yeah, he killed this movie. He just looks crazy as a human being. Oh yeah. Oh, so, he has the face. Yeah, he has the face. He was born he looks with that it. way. It was not Maybelline. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. So um, I think we're gonna go into some inspiration-ish for the film. Really, we're going into the Stanley Hotel, which is dope. And eventually... Yeah, that's awesome. We hope to stay there in... It's a goal. It's room a, it's 217 a goal. at some point. So, yeah. Let's get into it. All right. So, this came straight from the mouth of Stephen King. And it says, quote, In late September of 1974, Tabby and I spent a night at a grand hotel in Estes Park, the Stanley. We were the only guests, as it turned out. The following day, they were going to close the place down for the winter. Wandering through its corridors, I thought that it seemed the perfect, maybe the archetypical, <laughs> setting for a ghost story. That night, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulders, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, sat in the chair looking for the window, looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of the Burke book firmly set in my mind. Although Stephen King, end quote, sorry. Although Stephen King and Kubrick did not get along in the making of the film, we thought it would be interesting to go into the Stanley Hotel in Colorado and discuss some of its spooky history and stories. The Stanley Hotel was built by inventor Freeland Oscar Stanley, who moved out to Colorado, hoping that the fresh air and plentiful sunlight would relieve his tuberculosis. When he arrived in 1903, he was weak and underweight, but after just one season, hotel staff said his health was restored that was actually really common a lot of people who had weird yeah no a lot of people who had tuberculosis thought that the fresh air well um, i mean different high elevation yeah i was about to say different elevations do actually really affect that would actually make them feel better so it was really common for people to start going to colorado when they had tb yeah a lot of people with like asthma or even um arthritis arthritis (laughs) will move to like high higher elevations yeah that's like runners will train in higher elevations no because then once you go back to lower elevations you are good yep so, the hotel says Stanley was so overjo- overjoyed that he vowed to return each summer and ended up building the hotel to bring a level of sophistication to the region. So, the Stanley Hotel opened in 1909. Stanley died in 1940 at the age of 91, but his spirit is said to still roam the hotel. Specifically, staff says he's often spotted in the hotel's billiard room and bar. Stanley's wife, Flora, has also reportedly been spotted in the hotel and is known to, t- known to tickle the keys of a piano. <laughs> tickle the keys. <laughs> The spirits aren't limited to adults. Tour guides say the ghost of a child with autism also ro- roams the grounds and is known to play with the hair of guests. That is so creepy. Yeah. No. I love it. Play with my hair. I love mm, when people play with my hair. Not if you don't know who's playing with your hair. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> Staff says the boy, named Billy, is drawn to people who work with people with autism or are familiar with a de- developmental disorder. That's dope. He's like, mm, the rest of you can fuck off. The rest of you suck. <laughs> Not all of the hotel's purported ghost stands on two legs. There's a pet cemetery on the grounds that guides say is the final resting place of some of the owner's animals. Staff say the ghosts of a cat and dog have been seen roaming around, which I would love that. Yeah, that'd be dope. I Actually, are, like, 
Go ahead. Small anecdote. We we just stayed in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We just stayed in New Hampshire like a weekend ago or whatever, and we both. I guess we didn't know this till the next morning when we were discussing it with each other. But we both we have cats. But we both woke up to the sensation of the cat crawling up on us. Like specifically crawling up on us. Not yeah, like yeah. curling in with us, but like walking from the foot of the bed up, up onto up us. To which us. is common for us at home with the cats. But obviously we didn't take our cats to this hotel. So it was like really odd. Like typically I'd be like, oh, I just dreamt my cat was here. But the fact that we both had it was like pretty freaky. Like, yeah, and it was like an old Airbnb. So there was definitely an old cat ghost of like an old lady who lived there. With her 12 cats. Yeah, dude. And one of them was just coming to snug us. It was Def and Ghost Cat. I'm happy about it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. I had to share that. Um, guides end their tours in a cave system below the hotel, where staff says there's a higher than average concentration of limestone and quartz, which is believed by some to draw spirits to the property. Yeah. So, it has, like, some rich history and stuff. Yeah, um, it's, really, it's really cool. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, and there's a lot of spirits, and we're going to get into them... Um, so we'll we'll talk about some hot spots specifically in the hotel, and we have a lot of like anecdotes and quotes from people who have stayed there. Proof. Um, yeah, no, we have proof. We have receipts. We have facts. Um, Science. Yeah, we have receipts. Of <laughs> these people that have stayed there and experienced some cool stuff. So we'll start off with the famous room two seventeen. Oh yeah. So this is the famous room in King's novel. Uh, in the movie, it's actually 237 because the Timberline Lodge where they filmed it uh, for summer, I don't remember why, but requested that they use 237 instead. Probably some sort of like confidentiality agreement. I don't know. Why else would they, why, why why else would they change the number? I don't know. I don't like know. what would the other reason be? Well, what, what would the reason be for confidentiality? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, There's so no they, explanation. They had to use a different number. But in the book, it's 217. So... Uh, I have a quote from someone who's kind of talking about King staying there and something he experienced while he was there uh, that wasn't in his own quote. So, quote, the hotel was getting ready to shut down for the season due to the fact that they did not have heat in the hotel and wouldn't till the 80s, I believe, and it was just too cold. So they were surprised when Mr. King showed up unexpectedly with his family. They were stuck in a snowstorm and so were offered bedding for the night, making them essentially the only people in the hotel. Later on, when exploring the holes of the, the halls, the holes, the holes, exploring <laughs> the many holes, uh, exploring the halls of the hotel, he witnessed an apparition of a woman that chilled him to the bone. The apparition was said to be that of a former employee, who we will discuss, who was the head maid. Many years before, the hotel had lost power due to a storm, and she was asked by the manager of the hotel to go through and light the lamps. Their only backup light source. Yeah. And what no one knew was there was a gas leak in one of the rooms. When she opened the door, her open flame ignited the gas and essentially blew the room apart and sent her through the floor and oh. into the room a story down. Oh, that story room, down. Interesting. Yeah, that okay. room was 217. Yikes. Uh, the same room Stephen King was staying in the night he was visiting the hotel. Now, the maid did survive the catastrophe and went on to work at the hotel for a few oh. more years, but she still sticks around. If Stephen King hadn't been stuck in a snowstorm and offered boarding, we wouldn't have The Shining today, end quote. Okay, one, how did she survive? Two, why would you choose to continue to work there? Yeah, right. After getting blown through a floor? I don't know. Maybe it's I'd a good like, job. No, I'm never going back. No yeah. job is good enough for that. I don't know. I don't like, it depends if there's like nothing in the area and stuff. I don't know. Move. Move. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, when was this like 
1911 or something. So they can't move? Yeah. Was moving not allowed in 1911? No, I'm saying like, like <laughs> maybe she had a good spot. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you got some good points, but okay, I don't so agree. The room is thought to be haunted by Elizabeth Wilson. Quote, Elizabeth Wilson was the chief housekeeper who, during an early summer storm in 1911, was injured in an explosion as she was lighting the acetylene... Acetylene... I didn't see I wasn't good in chemistry. I think it's Lanterns in room 217. <laughs> she survived with broken ankles, but to this day takes special care of room 217's guests, possibly even King, who stayed there just days before the near deserted Stanley closed for the winter. King is also said to have encountered a young child during his stay, though there were no children visiting at that time. Guests have reported items moved, luggage unpacked, and lights being turned on and off in that room. So then another fun, famous person story about staying there. Um, and I really like this one a lot. This one has stuck with me This is my years. favorite one. I didn't forget this. Me. Yeah. Um, so I guess Jim Carrey, when he was filming Dumb and Dumber, uh, he was a huge skeptic or something. And he specifically requested Room 217 to be like, screw you guys. Like, this isn't th- real. This ain't real. Like, whatever. Um, but only three hours later, he came flying down the stairs and checked out. Um, quote, that's a shady one, says the hotel's tour guide, Kevin Laffey. What happened to him in that room, we don't know. He's never spoken of it. A fantastic, if apocryphal image, carried the rubbery actor medium, (laughs) the channeler of presences, windmilling out of the Stanley in a (laughs) post-ghost That is amazing. Yeah. I think I just think it's funny because he's a skeptic. He's like, nah, fuck this. Well, that's all the proof you need, in my opinion. And then he running down. Yeah, but nobody knows what he saw. He never told anybody. But that's even bigger because he also, he's a comedian. Like, he's a funny guy. If he saw something that didn't absolutely petrify him, he would have made a joke out of it. He would have told this story. Yeah, but you know? nope, nope. He came running down the stairs like, fuck this, I'm out. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Because I would think it wouldn't be real. And I'd wild. go in. I actually would want to stay there because I do think it'd be real. Well, I do think it would be real, but I don't, I always underestimate how scared I'm going to be. And then I'm petrified when I'm in the situation. Yeah. Sometimes it'd be like that. It'd do be like that. Yeah, so that's, that's room 217. That's all I have for room 217. So another area in the hotel is called the Vortex, which is the staircase staircase between the floors in the hotel's main guest house. And architecturally, it's beautiful, but the area has also been dubbed the Vortex because of a natural spiral of energy. It's also known as the rapid transit system for ghosts that are known to haunt the hotel. Which, like, I just picture, like, an elevator. I also picture yeah. that. I picture, like, gotta go. Just, like, can't catch me. <laughs> going through one portal and ending up on yep. the other side of the staircase. Yep. Like, it's just a speedy way to get from one destination to the next. Yeah, just yeet. They don't have time to walk. When you gotta yeet. <laughs> yeet this yeet. And another well-known part in the hotel is called the Hidden Staircase. And so this is an anecdote from a person who stayed at the hotel. And it's, quote, when I was a kid, the Stanley was just a pretty hotel with dumpy rooms, 1970s, canary yellow, and olive drab, borderline crap hole. We never stayed there. It was just a place to get a good, cheap lunch. Obviously, this was before the miniseries. I'm dead. (laughs) Obviously, this was before the miniseries when it was still cheap and not haunted. Anyway, I'd screw around and explore the hotel because hotels are fun to screw around and explore in. My brother, my sister, and myself were wandering the hotel after lunch, poking our heads into open rooms and whatnot. Well, we round the corner of the hallway, and to our right is, an, is a small opening in the wall of the hall. Wall of the hall. Sorry. The wall of the hall. The wall of the hall. Leading to a set of very narrow and steep circular stairs descending into pitch black darkness. None of us had the Cajones. <laughs> Jones? Is it Cajones? Cajones? Cajones. <laughs> I have never seen that word spelled out before. 
I'm not removing that. That's stay. <laughs> no, I say that all the time. I've just never seen it spelled before. <laughs> Fine. Cojones to check it out. <laughs> Which we had. I never saw that staircase again. End quote. <laughs> yeah, so apparently there's like a staircase that just appears to people sometimes, but nobody's ever gone up it. And also, and how does it appear find to it you? Again. I want to know like what prerequisites you need for the staircase to decide <laughs> to appear. Because I want it to appear. How many years of experience do I need <laughs> before I experience, years be of experience into and the letters staircase. of recommendation yeah. required? Yeah, at least four letters of recommendation um, <laughs> from other ghosts. They other have ghosts. Straight from Is this a reliable haunt? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be very spooked. Oh my god. Uh, so another really spooky area, supposedly, is the concert hall. So there is supposedly a lot of paranormal hubbub said to be happening hubbub. in this famed hall. Hubbub and cojones. Uh, <laughs> hubbub and cojones. <laughs> Paul, one of the well-known ghosts haunting the Stanley, was a jack-of-all-trades around the hotel. Among his duties was enforcing 11 p.m. curfew, which could be why guests and workers here get out being uttered late at night, which, fuck that. I would, if, if a ghost would tell me get out, I'd be, I'd be, I'd running. be on my way. I, I, I would like, use that, like, that special staircase thing. I'd be like, give me your system, I need out. <laughs> the vortex, the vortex. Give me the vortex. <laughs> Transport me out of here. I'm done. Uh, the area is also a favorite spot for hotel founder Flora Stanley's ghost to play the piano. You mean tickle the keys? Tickle the keys. <laughs> You know, tickle the keys. Um, so a quick anecdote about Paul. Uh, quote, the concert hall also was a hotspot of paranormal activity. Paul worked at the Stanley from 1995 to 2005 and died of a heart attack while en route from the hotel to the hospital after suffering chest pains. A construction worker sanding the floor just a few years ago believes Paul was brazen enough to physically nudge him to the door after feeling two arms pull him back. Paul is also known to flicker the flashlights of touring groups. He just sounds like a like a jokester. A little prankster. He's just like fucking with him. He was like, he was like, get out. And the construction worker was like, bro, like I need to do work. And he, he was, was like, like, no, I'm no, just no, gonna no, give no, you no, a nice no, little I'm gonna push you out. You're done. You're done. <laughs> but it's not even like he's attacking him. He's just like, mm, I'm just, just gonna go. push you. Another ghost known to wander about concert about the concert hall is Lucy, who quite possibly was a runaway or homeless woman who found refuge in the hall. She entertains the requests of ghost hunters, often communicating with them with flashing lights. Stanley historians, however, aren't quite sure about her pre-death connection to the hotel. So she's just like, maybe she wasn't in the hotel and she just appeared and was like, I want to be here. This is where all my friends are. Yeah, man. So one anecdote about Lucy is, quote, over the weekend, about 15 coworkers and myself had our company trip to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, known for being Stephen King's inspiration for The Shining. We took an 8 p.m. ghost tour where we joined about 15 other people to get guided around the property and told stories about its history and creepy things that are said to have happened. We were told to take a lot of pictures, I'm sure to try and capture orbs or ghosts. Many green orbs were caught in my pictures, but I don't think anything is as creepy as the photo taken by my coworker, a little girl in a hot pink dress who was definitely not on our tour. <laughs> big fuck that. That's a nope, big fuck nope. that. Gotta go. And apparently, years ago, a young girl, 12 to 13, by the name of Lucy, was squatting in the basement of the concert hall, which is where this photo was taken, and discovered upon plans to begin some construction. She was forced to leave, the night night got below freezing, and she froze to death. Everyone on my tour has vouched that this girl was not on our tour. Who wouldn't remember someone wearing that hot pink? The man pictured is our tour guide. Check the blog. (laughs) No one would have been in front of him. I'm convinced this is is the ghost of Lucy. Just one more added note. 
though I doubt if anyone would believe me, but there was only one time throughout the tour where I felt any strange energy or feeling, and it was right here, heading down to the basement of the concert hall. End quote. She a creepy bitch. She yeah, a spooky she, little bitch. She, you a spooky, spooky little, little bitch. <laughs> Lucy's a spooky you little bitch. You a spooky little bitch, Lucy. <laughs> uh, so one more anecdote about Lucy's the... spooky. <laughs> about the concert hall oh, that... Spooky little Stop! Little bitch. <laughs> spooky little bitch. <laughs> okay, sorry, please continue. Okay. One more anecdote about the concert hall. Cool. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to supernatural or paranormal happenings, but one thing in particular really messed with my head. At the beginning of the tour, you follow the tour guide to the music hall, which would often be occupied by children playing during the daytime. When you arrive in the hall, you're seated in the observation box and given an introduction of sorts, explaining that none of the spirits or activity are angry or violent, and that a lot of the activity was thought to be that of children, especially in this hall. So our guide asked by show of hands if any of the tour members are good with kids, to which I, along with four or five others, raised our hands. Everyone who raised their hands, she gave a dumb dumb sucker to for us to hold out on our palm as if we were handing it to a child. Nope. And depending on the spirit's comfortability with you, they would supposedly pull on the sucker. Nope. (laughs) Some people claimed to feel movement, some didn't feel a thing, but I personally felt and watched this fucking sucker drag from the middle of my hand all the way off to the ground. That fucked with my shit. <laughs> I love this person. That's how that I would be too. I'd be like, that shit. fucked with my shit. I'm done. Bye. You talking about demons? Yeah, no. I don't fuck with demons. Fuck no, that. no, you do not. Another area in the hotel that's apparently spooky is room 302. An anecdote about room 302 is, quote, a male ghost has been seen as a shadow in this room, walking near the walls. Photos have been known to fly off the walls, and Grant from Ghost Hunters had a table levitate while changing film. End quote. I think it's fucking convenient that the table levitated while he was changing the fucking film. So there's no proof. No proof. That sounds... Ghost. That sounds... Ghost hunters. You got something to tell us? Ghost hunters. That sounds fake. I mean, it's a good cover-up. Fun story about ghost hunters. I grew up in Cumberland, Rhode Island, very close to um, the Cumberland Monastery, uh, which was obviously a monastery at one time, but now it is a public library. And when it was a monastery, it burnt down. I don't think there were any deaths or anything, but it is said to be haunted. Which is and awesome. Ghost Hunters did do, and when I tell you this place is literally in my backyard, like it's right Yeah, it's very close. Maybe um, don't give away your address, though. I'm not giving away my address, but it's like <laughs> in my backyard. But it's in her backyard. And Find Ghost it. Hunters did the, um, their like live Halloween episode where they go like at night all night long and it plays on sci-fi like yeah. live at the monastery. Yeah, that's on. awesome. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. Were you alive? At the time that they did that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ghost Hunters is fairly new. Is it? Not like new, new, but it was definitely didn't even come out till well after I was born. Oh, why weren't you there? I probably was at <laughs> home. <laughs> you should have been I, there, I, though. I specifically recall watching it. <laughs> but it wasn't that long ago that this episode aired. Wow. Yeah, anyway. So moving up a floor to room <laughs> 401. Um, so more than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. It's where female employees, children, and nannies stayed. Now today's guests will report Why hearing, just female employees? Don't ask me. I got questions. Now today's guests will report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, mm, and playing. Mm, nope. Plus there's a famous closet that tends to open and shut on its own in this room. I don't, don't want to hear yes, any children yeah, laughing. I don't fuck with like children giggling. So one time, <laughs> there was this one time I was at home and I was like all alone outside. So I was outside. My dad had built us like this little 
um, it wasn't a treehouse, wasn't like in the trees, but he built it on stilt, so it was like kind of far up, yeah. um, a little playhouse type thing, and it had two floors, oh. and I was on the second floor of it, oh, and wow. nobody was home, and I heard, like distinctly and very close to me, like a creepy little child laugh. No. And I remember being so fucking spooked. I didn't even want to look outside I'd the burn little down window. That tree house. Oh my god! And I remember running from the treehouse into my house and being like is anybody even freaking home? And nobody was home. Not to say, of course, I'm not saying that that was a ghost or something. Maybe maybe there was a freaking child. In the woods? I don't know. I do live next to the woods. It, I don't know. But anyway, it was fucking terrifying. That's not saying I don't fuck with the fucking children running around. Because it's so out of place. Unless you have a child, you should never hear a child giggling. Also, I feel like they're portrayed in the media, like the giggling child. Yeah, you hear it in the background all the time. Oh, yeah, as like And it sounds so like manipulative, not manipulative, but like, it's like, they know what they're doing and they're trying to fuck with you. Like it's, I can't think of the word. We actually have like, if you listen like pretty closely to our intro music, there's a little giggle at the end. Uh, Yeah. Why do we do people like that? You gotta, you gotta do people like that when you have a do people like that podcast. <laughs> anyway, so quick quote from this room: uh, a male ghost, who some believe to be an Irish man named Lord Dunraven, which I is want that to be so my name. fucking unfortunate. I love that <laughs> you're saying no, and I'm like, give me that name right now. <laughs> uh, he is reported to be in this room, although he never visited the hotel in life, as it was built 20 years after he left Estes Park. It was built on land he once owned. In the closet, women feel their hair being played with. No. See, if a little kid wants to play with my hair, you can Why play with my Why is it in the closet? Hair. But I don't want no man playing with my hair. How and are you going to know it's gender? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway. Um, why were they in, in the, the closet? I don't know why they're in the closet. Maybe it's a walk-in closet. So they're in it? <laughs> well, if it was a walk-in closet. Oh, I'm just picturing it. people hanging out in the closet no, and like doing I, each I other's hair, you know? I don't think hanging out in the closet. <laughs> Braiding um, it. Women feel their hair being played with an arm around their shoulder or waist. Ew. No. That's like a, this like a creepy a man. Curvy man. Yeah, I don't like that. Even in death. Or a hand moving up the back of their oh. waist. Oh. Oh. I gotta go. Throwing up. Oh. Men don't feel particularly welcome in this room. They shouldn't. As they have felt someone is pressing them into bed or their jewelry disappearing. This was the room where Jason of Ghost Hunters television show had his drinking glass, which was set on the nightstand, implode while he was sleeping. The closet door also opened and closed on its own in that episode. No, thank you. Yeah, no. So that sounds... Literally, there's nothing spookier than a pervy ghost. Don't Ugh, touch me. No. Don't touch me, old man. Like, you're supposed to die, and your perviness dies with you. Yeah, Don't bring that into awful. the afterlife. Yeah. Fuck you, asshole. My afterlife is filled with cats and dogs. Yeah, no pervy men. Shit. <laughs> fuck that. All right. Next is room four, 407, and a quote for this is, people have reported being tucked in in this room. A little boy said he kept kicking his covers off, and they kept coming back up throughout the night. His mother was quite shocked and said she hadn't woken during the night and certainly didn't keep covering him. Another guest reported feeling someone sit on the edge of the bed, but when she turned the light on, no one was there. She did, however, see an indentation as if someone had just gotten up. Oh, okay, bro. Another, <laughs> another quick anecdote. The house that I grew up in, which is by that monastery, very close, I am convinced it's haunted. is haunted. It is. So when I was little, especially when I was little, I would like see things and whatever and typically i would talk about 
the man who would stand in the corner of my room. Mm-hmm. And I specifically recall one time, and now here's the thing is like, I don't recall seeing him. So is this, the question is, is this like a kid's imagination or is this like whatever? But I do specifically recall I was talking to my mom and I had gotten my first like big girl bed. <laughs> um, it was, so it wasn't like a little baby, not even a twin like thing yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. It was like my first like big bed. And I remember telling my mom that he had come to sit with me for the first time. He had always stayed in the corner of the room that he had come to sit with me. And he told me that he wasn't going to come visit me anymore now that I had a big girl bed. And I recall the indentation on the bed. So like me as like at my age now cannot recall anything other than that faint outline of him in the corner of my room at night. I can recall that picture, but I cannot picture him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do specifically recall the outline of somebody sitting in my bed. 10 out of 10, my fiance's haunted. I'm not haunted. It's that ha- I'm telling you it's that You've house. had enough hauntings happen to you. You can't blame the house anymore. It's no, on but it was you. all in that house. It's on you. All in that house. You don't know that. You just moved out. No, I, I, do, I do know that. I lived, in, I, I lived away from home for many years. Maybe it's still haunted and it's just waiting to come out. No, I don't think so. My fiance's haunted. Gotta nope. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll move on to room 413. So, quote, several guests have reported seeing a man dressed in old-fashioned clothes standing in the corner of the room. Oh, my God, I was just mm. talking about this. Uh, old-fashioned f- clothes makes it so much creepier, too. I called him the white fluffy man. because, <laughs> And I specifically recalled doing that because all I could see was, like, the outline of him. And he was, I think he was wearing something white. And it was fuzzy because I couldn't see yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, it's so not I called him the white fluffy man. That makes it cute, but it ain't cute. Yeah. Uh, the face of a man in a blue ball has also been seen on the outside door of the room. Oh, strange. Yeah. Very Pretty freaky. The fourth floor is lit. The fourth floor is lit and it just keeps going. Room 418. Quote, ghost children do mischievous things in this room. Covers are sometimes removed during the night and hangers are known to move on their own. Bathroom lights have also been reported to turn on and off on their own. A little girl, about four years old, and her mother stayed in there a few years ago. The following morning, the girl reported being tickled by a little boy during the night. She wasn't afraid, though. Instead, she simply told the, 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 told the little boy to stop, and he did. End quote. Okay, this was cute in the beginning because I was like, you know, just children messing around, just hanging out, and then tickling. Yeah. You know what? I find it freaky when little kids... Tickle. Mention spooky things because they have no reason to lie well yeah they have no reason to lie but also like she knew it was a little boy like yeah it's specific which means either he was talking to her or she saw him which is terrifying yeah. and, and everyone I mean? always like kind of just chalks it up to being like little kids imaginations or like an well, imaginary like, friend that's such or something. a random thing to do it's in the middle so of the specific. night to be like oh hey a little boy was tickling me like that's so random it's so weird that's why i've always said if my little kid in the midst of the night comes into my room and was like there's somebody in my room game over we're moving out of the house we're moving out of the house that minute we're not going back to the room we may things. have to get rid of the we're kid we're just going oh Depending yeah we have also discussed about about <laughs> if the kid is actually like if, if the kid's possessed, she's gone. That's you different, though. I don't gone. think the, if the kid was possessed, they would be like, there's something in my room. They would just start being like... Weird. Weird and shit. And we we would know the signs of possession. That's like... <laughs> the, yeah, the signs of possession is like when you wake up and the little kid's not saying anything. And they're just, just like over like, you. Like, over like you. oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that kid's gone. Yeah, fuck that. Get conditional here, love. Kid. That is conditional love. And okay, well, I think that demons are... 
real. a good condition to have. <laughs> um, you got to have some conditions, you know? Healthy boundaries. Of course. <laughs> uh, so the last of the fourth floor, uh, room 428. Uh, so they say, really, you get a badge of bravery for staying in any room on the fourth floor, but bonus points if you can book room 428. So guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving about. But that's actually physically impossible given the slope of the roof, tour guides say. The real haunt in this room, though, is a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. So the cowboy is throughout the hotel. Unpopular opinion, no cowboy is friendly. <laughs> oh, McGregor versus what? The cowboy man. dude. Irrelevant man. Cowboy Donald. When he got cowboy Donald. In 40 seconds. That was dope. That was some good shit. It's a wrestling podcast. I mean, not it's a wrestling, wrestling podcast, podcast now. <laughs> it is, that's what it is now. Wrestling. It's a UFC podcast. <laughs> All right. So now that we're done with the rooms, we're going to move on to the grand staircase. So from antique mirrors and portraits, there's plenty to, str- to distract the eye on the grand sta- staircase. <laughs> there's plenty to distract the eye on the grand staircase at the Stanley, but it could also be a popular passageway for the hotel's residence ghosts. In 2016, a visitor from Houston snapped some photos on the Grand Staircase and, upon putting, upon returning home and reviewing them, spotted an apparatus at the top of the staircase. The thing is, he doesn't remember anybody else being on the staircase at the time he was taking the photographs. The ghostly, ghostly image of a woman is at the top of the stairs. Nope. No. I don't. I also don't like the women in white type of thing. That mm. also freaks me out, too. Yeah, it's very I, ominous. I feel like, especially in like recent decade horror movies the woman in white isn't like a shining i feel like okay so like 80s i would say 80s early 90s horror films if there was a woman in white she was like this shining light that yeah was, like that like helped angelic you with other spirits like happiness whatever, would like get rid <laughs> of protection the evil spirits, yeah. yeah and now if you see a fucking lady in white in horror movies she's gonna like pull away her veil yep. and be this creepy creature yep like it's terrifying now. I don't want no fucking lady yeah. in white. Because I feel like goodness. horror movies and horror in general has now transitioned into like anything that seems to be protective or good yes. is discreetly Anything bad. you think might be innocent or helpful. Nothing it's like is innocent. It's psych bitch. Yep. And it's, it's turned into like a good understanding of psychology. I it guess. really did. They which took, I love. Like, everything yeah. that we thought Because nothing is good and, and nothing is the bad. shit out of you. Everyone has a little of both. Yeah, man. Spooky. <laughs> There was also a different spirit that apparently is at or lives at the Grand Staircase. This is a quote. A ghost cowboy tends cowboy. to freak... <laughs> a friendly cowboy. I hated that. Yep. <laughs> I, I too hated that. <laughs> tends to frequent this room. A couple a few years back awoke to find a Wild West cowboy pacing at the end of their bed. After watching him for a few minutes, they politely asked him to leave, which he did, but not before leaning over the lady as if kissing her. Female guests sometimes wake up to find him leaning in for a kiss on the forehead. No, this no. is what we talked about. The pervy no. man. I don't want a no. kiss on the forehead. Don't and guarantee, fucking touch me. No kiss on the forehead. Don't fucking touch me. And guaranteed this cowboy is like, oh, I'm a gentleman. I kiss all the I ladies. I kiss you on the forehead. No. Get nope. the fuck away from my forehead. No, don't touch my fucking forehead. <laughs> uh, so the last hot spot we got, which is we got uh, <laughs> the end of the tour. Uh, so if you go on the 75-minute night spirit tour at the Stanley... Uh, you don't have to be a hotel guest to go on it, so you should book in advance. Uh, but your tour will come to an eerie halt at the end with a visit to the underground cave system. I love caves. Make them haunted. Even better. Okay. that's. I am a little bit claustrophobic. Yeah, you hate caves. So a haunted cave sounds like actually awful. We were hiking once, 
and I found a little cave and I started going through it. And I was like, Ken's follow me. Like, this is dope. It's so cool down here. And she got down there and just automatic starts panicking. It slowly built up as she was going through, but I could just see the fear at the end. She was like, I can't. It's, it's <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, I'm not scared of like small spaces in general, but very spooked by natural small spaces. So, so if, if it's like a rock or something formation yeah. that could fall on top of me. I should I, be spooked That's by what them. freaks me out. But instead I run to them. Even though I know like physically this rock has been here for however long. It will not long, fall right and now. And it's not going you. to move. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's for summer. But like small spaces in general don't really freak me out. Like you could lock me in a closet yeah. or whatever for a while and I'd probably like sit on my phone. And, yeah. Like, you know what I wouldn't start freaking yeah. out or something. It's a good survival instinct to have. One I do not have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so workers move about the hotel through the caves in the early days, so it makes sense that this is a popular haunt. Uh, skeptics will pass off the haunts as breezes from the historic piping and ventilation systems, but as we said earlier, uh, there's a concentration of limestone and quartz here, which a lot of ghost hunters believe help capture the energy. Uh, so there's some spirits down there doing spooky stuff. Spooky cave spirits. So, the most important, important question I had when doing this research, is can we friggin' stay in room 217? And you definitely can stay in room 217. So it turns out that you just have to give the hotel a call, specifically, months in advance to ask for room 217. Um, and it's about $450 a night. Worth it. Uh, yeah, for, for like a once-in-a-lifetime like, yeah. experience. Yeah, in one night. Check I'm not out. saying they're more than one night. Yeah, like just to check it out. Mm-hmm. I say like if you had the money in the time, you know what once I mean? Once we were both cool. at full-time jobs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it'd be really cool. But they do say it, it books crazy in advance, yeah, obviously. Yeah, um, So you'd have to ask like way early. Mm-hmm. Once again, worth it. Yeah, it's kind of like... um. I have been looking at the Lizzie Borden house to stay yeah, there for yeah. a really long time, but I specifically wanted to stay in like certain rooms. And it's hard um, to get that one. And yeah, it's like you have to book them like pretty far in advance. That's not as bad. I don't think it's as far in advance, but and it's not as expensive. But yeah. you do have to book it pretty far. In yeah, advance. it's definitely not. I think it was like a hundred something. Yeah, when it, I it's looked. not that. Yeah. It wasn't that expensive. It's just that it's like people want it, so you gotta want you it. gotta know. And I don't want to settle for, like, a room that no. nothing happened in. Because if you're going to go, you want to go to the one that's possibly the most haunted. Yeah, you know? exactly. Make it so, worth your while. that is the Stanley Hotel and The Shining for you. And our welcome back episode. And our welcome <laughs> back episode. So, uh, thanks for hanging with us while we've been gone for so long. Yeah, thank you, guys. Um, we'll be back next week. Peace out. Good night.